0: Section 30 of Criminal Investigation, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sash Elliott. Criminal Investigation, a practical handbook for magistrates, police officers and lawyers, Volume 3, by Hans Gross translated by john adam and john collier adam cheating and fraud continued g pictures everyone knows that pictures are falsified and that many painters make a trade of it numbers of suspicious canvases are sent to the academies and other institutes of art for an opinion as to their genuineness here all that is necessary is to remind the investigating officer that he ought not to stop his investigations in a case where certain signs seem to plead in favour of genuineness. The investigating officer will only too easily find himself being led into calming the complainant and ceasing his investigations if he thinks he is himself an expert and finds no reason for doubting the canvas. He looks at it from the front. The painting appears really good and old. The tone is gilded and browned but this tone is not the effect of age it has been obtained with the help of a daubing of licorice juice he sees a layer of old dirt but it has been produced artificially with cinders and gum he turns the picture over the canvas is quite old and brown with an old sale mark on it canvas and mark are equally genuine but a valueless picture was painted on it and the falsifier has copied a subject of high value over the old and worthless original the mouldiness is artificial the signature of the painter is false the frame comes from another picture and thus in spite of its genuine appearance the whole is a forgery in such a case a precipitate man is always dangerous with regard to new pictures it may be said that forgers buy for preference in the sales which follow the deaths of well-known painters half-finished or discarded canvases and sketches in order to finish them themselves and sell them as genuine on the other hand it must not be thought that the existence of a copy is a certain proof of its falsity very celebrated painters often nowadays paint to order twice or even ten times over a canvas which has caught on the first copy goes to germany a second to england a third to america but it may happen that they all meet in the same country and each owner possesses the original. Cases as numerous as they are interesting are known in which real experts have been taken in by false pictures, but it seldom happens to an investigating officer to have to deal with one of these cases, although examples of this kind of fraud are so frequent. H. Artistic engravings. Nowadays, these are especially forged by chemical photographic processes and when the paper is well chosen and colored with coffee or nicotine and the print is successful the perfect expert can alone find out the deception the risk must be very great indeed in the case of engravings which are rarely falsified happily the originals are for the most part in good hands so that the forgers find it difficult to get at them but as we have said above they attain their end in a roundabout way Art institutes of the first rank publish phototype copies of the best old engravings and sell them as imitations to people of artistic taste who cannot procure the originals. But when these copies pass to a second or third owner, their origin is often passed over in silence and the heliograph begins to circulate as an etching. I. Enamels. What can be done in this connection is well exemplified in the trial of Samuel Weininger, who falsified many precious articles in the famous collection of the Duke de Modena, 1876-1877. to These forgeries were so well executed that, after the case, they fetched a very handsome price. J. Articles of earthenware, stone and porcelain. These are much sought after for collections and decorations, and, in consequence, are produced in great quantities. The falsification is difficult to detect, for the old manufacturers, such as Deuton, still continue to produce them after their old models and marks. Everything reproduced by unqualified persons bearing real trademarks is manifestly false. Among articles of antiquity, which must be considered as false, we class every vessel which is discovered by the buyer. Articles for sale are placed in peasants' houses or in the homes of the lower middle classes, whose business it is to attract the attention of amateurs to them. It is this last operation that is delicate and requires savoir-faire. Domestic servants, merchants and small tradespeople are employed and paid for their complicity. Ingenious little advertisements are sent out, etc. The discovery is then made to the amateur and his money is obtained in the production of these counterfeits the same procedure is used as for silverware indeed as old baking glazing and generally speaking old tombra are not difficult to imitate in earthenware and porcelain the fabricator buys for preference genuine old vases white or with but little colour in them especially dishes and plates these he decorates himself sometimes with much real art and then rebakes them. This mixture of the real and the artificial often looks very well and is difficult to distinguish when, as often happens, the artist has done his work with taste. K. Manuscripts, books and bindings. Manuscripts are copied almost to perfection by trained craftsmen. Thanks to the progress of the industrial arts, the reproduction of the old impression offers little difficulty skill and impudence are used in mixing the false with the true thus certain genuine parts are often combined with imitated parts by photographic engraving or various fragments which have had no connection with one another are united together and in a manner so skillful that the forger often ends by not even knowing himself how he built up his work one of the most ordinary contravances is to take off the fine bindings from books of inferior value or but little sought after nowadays and adapt them to books which are in demand another fraud is to add missing title-pages to a book either by printing on blank pages with lettering corresponding more or less to those in the text or by gumming in a new leaf with another title altogether in this direction the forger can go very far and whatever may be the skill of connoisseurs in distinguishing each separate letter in the book it often happens that they are not shocked by a title-page which jars with the text often frontispieces, letters and vignettes are drawn in with the hand by a chemical process transferred to zinc and then reproduced when the work is well done it is difficult to distinguish the fraudulent from the genuine impression here again care must be taken not to generalize one's suspicions one knows that the bands enclosing the various forms of a book often used in former days to be made of parchment, and this parchment carries sometimes precious inscriptions. Now, those who go in for collecting, and especially book lovers, search for these bands and find in the fragments of important documents or old poetry, etc. So, to obtain these bands, they take to pieces old books and bind them up again. The result is a book which has certainly depreciated in value while all the parts except the binding have remained genuine. L. Furniture and Upholstery When some years ago old furniture began to be searched out and utilized, it was possible to procure easily and cheaply a complete and genuine installation. But once the fashion became established, and everyone wanted to furnish their houses in the ancient style, Fine old specimens soon became priceless or impossible to discover. As always, industry and commerce hastened to find the remedy for the situation. Antiquities and ancient processes were studied. Corners and nooks were searched for antique articles, which when found were restored, touched up or imitated, and soon really genuine articles became rarities. These articles are seldom imitated well, today we have neither the same tools the same material the same dyes and stains nor the same patience in addition to this the furniture of today is made by workmen and not by artists as are pictures and coins etc and in consequence in this branch of imitation faults so great are committed that it is astonishing to see men of taste allowing themselves to be taken in sometimes the process is the least intelligent that could be possibly used the shopman who has perhaps discovered a really beautiful and genuine settee will take care not to leave it as it is he will take it to pieces and insert a fragment of it into a certain number of new settees one has the lid another a panel a third another panel etc when the article is sold care is always taken to show the genuine portion and the buyer is made to be convinced by all sorts of demonstrations that the whole article is of as good character this is the lot of nearly every article the greatest care is taken to spoil the few genuine things which do exist material for imitation can be found on all sides the destruction of an old house gives worm-eaten wood the dealer in a bric-a-brac provides old genuine locks to which are added a new almirah one old door-hinge is enough to copy make a second and put a door to them an old piece of used cloth will serve to upholster a brand new chair. Two old stove pieces will decorate the doors of an almora, and two genuine old watch hands are placed to works and case which have never been used before. When old material is absolutely not forthcoming, new is made. Wood is prepared by hanging it in the chimney, or cooking or maltreating it in other ways. It is then worked up sometimes even wormholes are faked and filled with the excrement of birds edges are broken to be repaired the velvet to be used in upholstering furniture is washed the interior of Almoras is covered with paper torn out of old books as regards ironwork it is rusted in acid cleaned and then if necessary handed to some countryman to whom the particular person who is looking for old furniture for his home is directed but the faults are not difficult to find for an attentive observer, even if he is not an expert. The expert indeed scents the falsification from afar. As to the observer, who without being an expert has a good eye, he soon notices the want of coherence in the article as a whole. It is precisely this want of coherence which attracts his attention. It is manifest when, e.g., a settee which has already been used as a seat, has the lid ornamented with sharp edges when an almera whose exterior is much used is lined inside with paper which although very old is yet well preserved and in no way damaged when a wardrobe seems to have been much in use and the lock mechanism is in as good condition as if it had just come out of the hands of the locksmith and so on these and other analogous mistakes which are committed not through ignorance but through want of thought May be discovered by any person who does reflect a little. M. Weapons. Weapons are as exposed to falsification as furniture, and these falsifications are recognizable quite as easily as the latter. What is missing in this kind of falsification is the minute, patient, and careful work applied even to the smallest details maybe an expert will not recognise that a curus is false if he only looks at the principal parts but if he examines the nails the pads the thongs and other details he will clearly see that the whole cannot be genuine the rust is produced artificially as are also the bosses the marks of usage and the chasing but the old rust caused by time bears another aspect to that which is artificial in the decorations something is wanting, namely the calm and patient care of the workmen of bygone times who used to work slowly and as humour took them. Whoever has seen genuine articles beside the false ones and has come to know their character will almost immediately recognise them. Speaking generally, we may say the expert in antiquities who possesses a certain culture never finds himself in difficulties if his special branch is furniture lace or porcelain he will not fail also to recognize false weapons although they may require special knowledge the illiterate expert in antiquities sometimes guesses things by habit sometimes by instinct but the statements of such men cannot be implicitly relied upon n miscellaneous besides the above enumerated objects of importance everything sought after by collectors is imitated old methods are employed in the weaving of cloth ivory is softened in vinegar for the hands of the carver and subsequently hardened again in water the lines of the carving may be a little wrong but that is nothing the article only appears more genuine finally the carvings in ivory are yellowed by smoke and perspiration udal relates that a jew used to carve in this way pretty little ornaments in ivory which he placed inside the corset of a woman until they became yellow and old as regards bronzes production is an accessory question everyone possesses the material shapes can be remodelled and easily founded the difficulty is to produce the patina or green incrustation peculiar to old bronze but that also can be counterfeited so thoroughly that it is often impossible to discover the fraud Formerly, the counterfeited patina could be removed with lemon juice. Today, patina is made which will resist all the lemon juice in the world. In the same way, they used at one time to recognise bronzes obtained by the electrometallurgic process by the holes produced by the points of contact of the conducting wires. Nowadays, these holes are carefully hidden by corking them with an alloy of nine parts of lead to two of antimony. And one of bismuth this alloy expands on cooling so that no one will be able to see it if the white point is immediately covered over with sufficient patina among instruments of music the violin is the principal one falsified it used to be thought that the secret of amati Stainer, stradivarius guanari and other celebrated violin makers resided in the shape and varnish of the instruments and at that time had contributed much to augment the value. But shape and varnishing can be imitated, and as to time the wood can be dried. For nowadays, no one believes any longer that by usage alone the atoms of wood in the instrument are disposed in a new and more favourable manner. Here again the microscope has done good service and has pointed out that the violin makers of other days used only to employ wood grown in a certain way and of which the rings were superimposed in a particular manner. This kind of wood is rare, but it still exists, and whoever finds it has but to well dry it in order to be able to make old violins. What else is falsified? The answer is everything that one buys. Watches, locks, keys, lace, pewter dishes, cameos, playing cards, fans, articles of wax, cut gems objects of daily use children's toys postage stamps may all be falsified more or less easily put on the market and sold and to be frank we must admit that all this does not do honour to justice seeing that this shameless trade remaining almost entirely unpunished seriously injures the public morality if all this is allowed why can one not do this or that indeed it is difficult to say why every fraud which is easy to discover is punished severely while on the other hand grave frauds which have grown into a trade are left unpunished unless it be that in the latter proof is difficult and dependent on special knowledge people do not worry and make a fuss it cannot be said not to be regrettable because it is often the case of an individual who seems to have nothing else to do but waste his money in this manner for, apart from certain collectors who do not give themselves up to this occupation merely out of distraction, it must be remembered that falsified objects find their way into public collections, where they serve a serious end, and becoming the object of historical and learned work, they may be the cause of the gravest errors. It is therefore not useless to elucidate these frauds. End of section 30.